Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Uh, if they're already in here, then we're going to bring you down here in just a moment, bring you up in just a moment so that we can uh, see your beautiful faces and uh, celebrate with you and pray over you. But before we do that, I uh, just want to talk to you about a couple of things. So, You know, we like to have this visual of the marbles. This, this actually has 216 marbles in it, and it's the amount of weeks that we have when we have our child from 0 to 18. Um, obviously, we know parenting doesn't end when they're 18. It just shifts. Um, but I think about Hannah in the Bible, and as she waited for Samuel to, to uh, as she waited to conceive, she told the Lord, promised the Lord that she would give back to him her child. And even though we don't physically do that, um, take our child somewhere and give him, give him or her to the Lord, uh, time of dedication is just showing that we know that God is recognizing that we know that God has given us our children um, that God has given you your child and that you are standing before others that, as Gabriel had mentioned, that, that you are going to not only tell your child, say it, but you're going to show them how to follow the Lord. So we're going to tell them how to follow the Lord and then show them how to follow the Lord. So, yeah. And wouldn't it be cool, I, I love this visual because um, as parents, I would even encourage you, maybe something to consider doing is uh, to get a jar like this and, and put wherever your child's at right now, wouldn't it give you a different perspective if every week that went by you pulled one out and it was like another week has gone by. What did I do this week to invest into the life of my kid? What did I do this week to show them how to serve Jesus? What did I do this week to show them how to follow after Jesus? It would just give you a, a great visual uh, representation of, of the time that, that you have to invest into them before you really you send them out uh, to do the same in their own life. And so it's really powerful. Um, so we have a few things that we want to give you, and I want to read this because uh, a few things that you're going to get. I'm going to sit this down here for a minute. Um, we have this Jesus Storybook Bible that we love giving to uh, to parents um, to be able to read to your kids, and and uh, it just kind of puts things uh, into perspective for them, and has you know some pictures in here and tells these stories from the Bible in ways that can relate to them and that they can understand. It's a great talking point thing. And then this is uh, m for the parents specifically. We believe there's power in praying over Amen. your kids Amen. and circling your kids. If you're familiar with Mark Batterson, he wrote The Circle Maker, which is an incredible book. I would highly encourage you to read it if you have not or listen to it if you do audiobooks. Uh, but this is a little book that he, that he did called Praying Circles Around Your Children. And so we're going to give that to you as well so that that can be a resource to you. We just want to resource you. We've also uh, have a dedication certificate that we're going to give to you to kind of uh, to commemorate this day. And then I want to read this because you're also going to receive this poem um, as, as a gift as well. And it says, Lord, we dedicate this child to you, knowing there can be no better gift than living in your grace, resting in your love, and walking in your ways. In the joy of your presence on this special day, we humbly ask your blessing, your wisdom, your guidance, your peace. Lord, you've placed this precious life into our loving arms, and now with all our faith and trust, our strength and love, we dedicate this child to you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, to bring you down um, as families. And if you'll just come up here, you can come up either side, whichever way you want to come up. Um, and just come up here, and if you will hang out here, we want to pray over you when this is all said and done, but we want to bring you up so that we can give you these gifts and uh, pray over you as parents, pray over your children as we, uh, as we have this time together. So um, we've got Leora Davis. I know I saw her. Oh, come on up. Come on up. And if there's any family, if there's any family that wants to come up as well um, to be up here with them, yeah, you can come on up here. Yep, come on up. Then you're welcome to do that as well. Um, do you want to give this stuff to them when they come up? Awesome. Um, we have Easton Hudson, Addison Hudson, and Samuel Hudson. Are you guys here? Yeah. 
Come on up. Can we clap our hands? Come on, can we celebrate as they're coming up? I know this excites so many of you to be up here and have all these people stare at you. Uh, we have Nala Rock. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Is Nala here? Not today. Um, Allie Williams. Allie Williams. <laughs> Parker Steinrich. Is Parker here? Hey, there they come. Kimber Day. Yeah, you guys are more than welcome. If you want to be up here, you're more than welcome to be up here for this moment. Hmm? Come on, isn't this awesome? Isn't this awesome? Families making the decision to dedicate their children to the Lord. And uh, what we're going to do is we want to, we want to pray over you as a church body. And we're going to agree with you. That this is a significant moment where, where you're publicly saying, hey, we're, this child is a blessing or these children are blessings in our lives. And we want, to, we want to lead them to follow Jesus. We want to lead them to serve the Lord in everything that we do. So come on, will you join with us and just stretch out your hand. And do you mind, will you pray for us? Just stretch your hand this way. We'll pray over these families. God, we just thank you for each and every child, for each and every family represented here today. God, I thank you and I praise you for these parents, these grandparents, Father, um, aunts and uncles, whoever, Father, that are declaring today, Lord, that they know that these children are a gift from you. And God, they give them back to you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you help them as they steward, as they shepherd these children, Father, to lead them, to tell them, to show them how to follow after you. We thank you and we praise you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. Lord, right now that your peace will be upon them, that you will be gracious, Lord, that your face will shine upon them, Father. We just thank you and we praise you for who you are, God, that you are strengthening them, that you are leading them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Look at these warriors for Jesus. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> and I'll leave you with this. I think it's Proverbs 22.6. We all pretty much know the verse. Yep, it's right there behind you. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. Um, I would encourage you to stand on God's word. Um, God's word is truth. And um, lead them, guide them, direct them on the path that they should go. And uh, lead them to follow Jesus. Amen. All right. Come on, let's give it up for them one more time as they're heading back to their seats. Thank you so much. All right, well, we're going to get into the message in just a moment, but uh, some of you are aware, if you're not, today we're actually beginning a new series that's going to lead us up to our Christmas services on December the 19th, and we're calling this series Stories, and what we're doing is um, we want to allow, how many of you have ever heard somebody's testimony or somebody's story, um, and it impacted your life in a, in a real way? You heard somebody's story and you thought, wow, if God can do it for them, then he can do it for me. Or, you know, maybe you had lost hope and everything was feeling hopeless and, and, and you heard somebody that God was faithful in their life and you thought, okay, I have hope again. I believe again. I have faith again. And that's what we want to, that's what, that's what our hope is in our prayer as we go through this series. And so each weekend we're going to take uh, a few minutes um, and we're going to actually, uh, we've had some, some families that have made the decision to share their story. And so we've recorded these testimonies, and each week we're going to take one, and we're going to look at a story in the Bible, and between those two things, we're going to tie them together, and we're believing that God's going to build our faith during this season. Amen? All right, so we're going to kick that off today. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen. For all you don't know, my name is Gwen Sims, and I'm a proud member of this Church of Impact Movement in the right direction. 
that God want us to go. You know, I start this off because I'm, I got a little message here. I got a great message for you. And this is what I say. I woke up this morning with a smile on my face. God had blessed me with another day and I said, come to this place. Times are changing and so are we. God is working through all of us, including you, 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 and me. Right now, God is blessing everybody in here with a lot of love and grace because he loves all of his children, no matter what we face. What I like to talk about is the miracle that God has put in my life. In 1973, May the 31st, on a Sunday afternoon, I never will forget, I was, I used to box as I was a kid, and I remember this guy, this older guy, just had animosity towards me all the time, all the time. And he, he was going with this older lady, and the lady was just nice to me, so the guy come to me and wanted to jump on me. So me and him got to boxing, boxing, whatever, and I got the best of him. And believe me, the devil was in him because he could not take that. That night, this guy slept up, slipped up behind me with a butcher knife this long. Stabbed me in the back with my spine. I mean, right then and there, everything just started spinning. And everything went dark. Next thing I know, things just snapped back like that. But the big thing about it, when I tried to move, I couldn't move nothing. All I could do was just talk. You know, so that knocked me way down. I just didn't know what was gonna happen. They rushed me to the hospital. I went to the hospital. My family came, all of them was praying. They really didn't tell me till afterwards. Come to find out, the doctor came in and told my mother and father and my family that I'd be a vegetable the rest of my life, that I'd never walk again. And I was 16 year old buying these people. And this is how God is good. This is how God, people say he can't, but God say he can. No matter what, he can come through and do what he say he can do. I was in the bed one night, these nurses just come in there because I was so young. I used to get visitors all the time. They come in and pray for me over and over and over. You know, and I, I was just discouraged. I couldn't move. I didn't know what to do. So I started praying with them. You know, they said, just pray, pray, pray. So one night, I was laying in my bed, started praying, and all the nurses was on duty. And all of a sudden, I woke up in the most screwiest pain I ever had in my life, all over my body. I started punching the nurses thing over and over and over. I thought I was just dying, just falling away. I thought I was gone. I come in there, all of them come in crying and going on jumping and going, and I just knew I was going to pass. And then I looked up, and they had tears, tears, tears. And what I realized now, day and time, that they had tears of joy because a miracle just happened. God came and gave my life and gave me everything back that people say the doctors say I would never have. You know, and I, I couldn't do nothing but cry. I couldn't do nothing but cry. But that was just the first start of it. After that happened, I, I had to learn how to walk everything all over again. So I never will forget this lady. God also put an angel in my life. She used to come in there, I used to, even though I couldn't do nothing, she'd come in there and make me get up out of that bed. God sent that angel in there to make me get up and learn over and over and over till I walked, till I walked, till I walked. And I love her right today for being strong for me and putting her in my life right now. Because, because she came in there doing all of that to me, I will still learn how to walk and everything all over again right now. You know, God is so good to me. And he saved my life then, he saved my life now. I mean, I, I, as time went on, I went on, I went to prison. This is another time God came in my life. He put me in a place to where it settled me down where I educated myself. I was rebellious. Then he came in and I prayed. God came and taught me all kind of things to use when I got out. I got out of prison. I got addiction going on. Over and over and over, I used to, I used to repent, God forgive. Repent, God forgive. Repent, God forgive. Over and over till I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because I repent, but I get in the way and try to help him. He didn't need my help. You know, I, I gave it all to him, got out of the way, and I've been 12, 12, 12. I'm clean and sober now. 
I've been clean and sober for the wrong nine years now. Only by the grace of God. He came and purified my whole life. He put my little beautiful wife and my two kids in my life, and everything is going, and we come together as one. As Pastor I always say, when we get married, we as one. Everything we accomplish is us, is one. And God has been blessing us over and over and over because we give back whatever we have, we give back. You know, everything I got, everything I own, everything I do, it contains God. And God owns all of it, you know. And that's where I look at things. You know, I depend on him for everything right now. Anything I run up on, any trouble I run up on, I give it to him because I know he can handle it because I can't. I tried it my way, but it wouldn't work. I tried it with my will, but it wouldn't work. So I gave it to God's will. And God has been blessing me in my life every day. I came to this church five years ago, and I'm still here right today because this is the place he wanted me to be. And I love everybody in here. Each and every one of y'all are some, my family. I love all of you. And that boy, it just ain't nothing like the love of God and the grace God put on all of us. The devil would try trials and tribulations upon us. But God say, cherish the times. Keep loving each other, have faith, and have just trust in me. You see, I need God in my life each and every day. Through all the good times and bad times, no matter what the devil try to say. You see, I may not be exactly where I want to be and I need to be, but thank God I ain't where I used to be. You see, I know the devil will try to come and disguise itself and work his way back in. That's why I give God and let God fight my battles because I know he will always defeat. You know, and that's where I fight my battles now. This is something that I, I think God wanted me to let people know that he can, no matter what it is, he can overturn it. He's got the last say on everything. Thank God for you all. Thank God for this program and this place that I'm living in right now. Main thing, the reason why I'm sharing this with you all today is letting you know how good God is and how he can be. He, he fills me everything I do, every part I'm in. I always put God in. I always want to share God what he has done for me. It's, a lot of people say it's bragging, but it's not. It's venting, letting people know the blessings and the blessings that God put upon us. And I think he wants us to share and let people know the blessings that he can and do. You know, this is a thing that I think everybody needs to hear and everybody wants to do and want to hear what God can do, what God can, will, and he already have done for me. You know, and I, one thing I'd like to say to all of you, if no one told you they love you, I want to tell you I love you, God love you, and thank y'all for letting me share. <laughs> Come on, isn't that awesome? So good. Uh, Gwen and his family, they were here at the 9 o'clock service, and uh, man, it was just uh, to, to hear his story and to hear his testimony, um, man, it just touches my heart. It, it, it encourages me. It builds my faith. And uh, I hope it does the same for you. And like I said, we're going to be in this series for the next few weeks, a four-part series, um, where we're going to hear different stories of people that are sitting right amongst us in our church and how God has come through and how God has been faithful in their lives. And here's what you need to know. Um, and what I hope you leave with every single week. If God can do it for them, he can do it for me. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so he's good and he's faithful. And uh, I, I just I appreciate Gwen sharing that story. It's an amazing story of what seems like a hopeless situation, an overwhelming situation. A situation where um, it just seems like you're just helpless. You know, I love where he was, he was talking about how laying in the hospital bed and he couldn't couldn't move anything and just being in this helpless state um, but I, I was thinking about um, a story in the Bible that many of us are familiar with and some things that we can pull out of that that I believe will help us to uh, will help us to find hope again will help us to find encouragement in our relationship with God will help us to see what God can do if we keep believing and if we trust him with all of our heart. And so we're going to jump into this story today and uh, kind of tie all this together 
Um, this is a, a great story that shows how God, in extremely difficult and sometimes hopeless situations, can come through. Has anybody ever felt like you were in a hopeless situation? Anybody ever lived through a hopeless situation or what seemed like a hopeless situation and you saw God's faithfulness? You saw God do something? Come on, I believe there are people in this room right now, you have a testimony that nobody even knows about right now. <laughs> we have some people that are willing to share it on video and, and have it recorded to build your faith, but I believe that, that the next time we do something like this, it may be your story that God's calling you to share because it's going to build somebody else's faith. But I want to jump in. This is Daniel chapter 6. And uh, I'm not going to talk to you for very long today, but we're going to tie all this together, and I believe we're going to be encouraged. Daniel chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read 24 verses in this story and then talk about it for just a few moments. It starts this way. It says, Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom stationed throughout the realm, and over them three administrators, including Daniel. These satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit, so the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. But they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy, and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Then these men said, We will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said to him, May King Darius live forever. All the administrators of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the advisors, the governors, they've all agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days, anyone who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty, establish the edict and sign the document so that as a law of the Medes and Persians, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the written edict. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in his upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So they approached the king and asked about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days any person who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, as a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the edict you sign, for he prays three times a day. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Then these men went together to the king and said to him, You know, your majesty, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet ring's of his nobles, so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Then the king went to his, to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him, and also before you, your majesty, I have, done, I have not done harm. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. The king then gave the command, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives." They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. I want to talk to you on this title today, A Closer Look at Pain and Difficulty. A Closer Look at Pain and Difficulty. Um, many of us grew up in Sunday school. If you've been at church when you were a kid or you remember this is a Sunday school story or maybe your parents read you this story from the Bible and, and you've heard about Daniel and the lion's den. And here's... Uh, here's the, the thing that happens a lot of times when we've heard a story over and over and over and over and over again, we kind of lose the, 
uh, we kind of lose what actually happened. And we, don't, we no longer can put ourselves in that position and see what God did in this situation. And so we've heard about Daniel in the lion's den, and we know, because we've read it, we know how it turns out. So when we start reading about the story of Daniel and how he was accused and, and they plotted against him and all of these things, and he ends up throwing the lion's den, we know going into the story, we know how the story ends. But Daniel was living it. Daniel was the one who was in his room praying when they came and found him. Daniel was the one who had to make the journey or the walk or whatever you want to say when the king said, okay, bring him to me. Daniel was the one that they took out to where the lion's den was and he looked down at what they were about to throw him into because of what he was being accused of. And Daniel was the one who was thrown into the lion's den and hit the ground with all of these hungry lions surrounding him. Now, to me, that sounds like what might be considered difficult. It might be painful. And it definitely could seem hopeless. That they've sealed you up in this dark cave with lions with the intent that we're putting you in here so that they will rip you to shreds and kill you because of what you've done. And I don't know about you, but for me, I've had, I've had experiences in my life that were difficult, that were painful, that seemed hopeless. Come on, anybody ever walked through something that it was like you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel? You thought, is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to get better? Am I ever going to experience anything other than this? Am I ever going to get out of this situation? Is God ever going to show up and come through in this situation? And here it is that painful and unfair circumstances don't mean God isn't good. So just some things that I think we need to realize, because every single one of us, listen to me, you're probably coming out of something that's difficult or painful, you're right in the middle of something that's difficult or painful, or there's something around the corner that's probably going to be difficult and painful. And so we have to know some things before or even in the midst of what we're walking through. And the first thing I think that we've got to wrap our minds around is the fact that God's goodness and faithfulness has nothing to do with your circumstance. It has zero to do with your circumstance. It has zero to do with decisions that you have made and things that you've done along the way. God, His goodness and faithfulness, God is good. Not because of what you could never work your way into God being better in your life. God just is good and is faithful all the time. And I know some, some of us, maybe we've been through you know, the loss of a friend or a family member or struggling to have a kid or adoption that fell through or a spouse that was unfaithful or a sickness. Come on, you got a diagnosis or the doctor told you something that caught you completely off guard. We can all, find our, we can all think back or even think of what we're in right now. And think, wow, this is, this, is, this is an unfair, difficult, painful, sometimes what seems helpless and hopeless situation. And I love if we look back, uh, if we look back at Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. At the end of verse 10, or we'll just read it. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. Listen, here's what, when you study Daniel, here's what you'll find out. Daniel was somebody who was in charge, right? It tells us that he distinguished himself, that the king looked at him and thought, man, he doesn't need to just be one of the guys. He needs to be like one of the top guys that's in charge of everything. And so he's got some authority. He's been placed in charge he obviously has favor with the king, and, and God's hand is on him and what he is doing. And he was doing the right thing. He was serving God. He was praying to God. He went, it says he went back to his room, went to this spot where he had always got down three times a day on his knees and prayed to God. Daniel is doing the right thing. He's being faithful. He is serving God. He is following God. He is studying, you know, the law at that time and all of these things. And he was still plotted against in the midst of him doing the right thing. 
He was doing the right thing. Daniel was facing something that was not fair. He was plotted against because of jealousy. And his faith and relationship with God, they were being used against him. The good thing that he was doing was being used against him to accuse him so that they could kill him. That seems a little unfair. That seems like it might be hopeless because I'm in exile. I don't even really belong here. And I had found favor, and now it seems like all of that's going away. And now it seems hopeless. Daniel found himself in a hopeless, or what seemed like a hopeless situation. But here are some things that I noticed as I read through this part of, uh, of Daniel's life in this story. Daniel never gave up his faith when it got hard. You ever thought about this? Daniel in the lion's den? Daniel, when it got hard and he was being plotted against and he found himself in an unfair situation, he never gave up his faith. Never turned his back on God. Daniel continued to believe even when it got hard. Even when it was difficult. Daniel continued to do the right thing even when it was hard. And look at this one. This one, this one probably stood out the most to me as I was looking at the story. Daniel never blamed God when it got hard. Nowhere in here do we read or do we see that Daniel blamed God for the situation that he was in. Not one time. Anybody ever, anybody ever made this statement before, asked this question, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? You ever thought that before? Why do, why do bad things happen? If there really is a God, why do bad things happen to good people? If God really is good, then why does he let bad things happen to good people? And we tend to ask ourselves this question, but if you, if you look at the Bible, you'll see an instance where Jesus said, no one is good but God. And so he's saying, God is the one who is good because God is good. He can never be anything but good. He can never be anything but faithful. It is his character. It is who he is. So in essence, what we are saying whenever we ask that question, now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that you are wrong for asking this question. I'm just giving you a different perspective on this question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Here's what I'm saying when I make that statement. Why do, good, why do bad things happen to somebody like me who's always good? Have you always been good? Is good your character? Like when people think of you, they're like, like they just are good. They don't just do good, they are good. Like it is a part of who they are. They are good. You can say that about God, but you can't say that about you. I can't say that about me. God is the one who makes me good. God is always good. So in essence, I'm asking, why does God, why do bad things happen to people like me? To good people. I'm calling myself, come on, I'm a good people. You're a good people. God is good. And isn't it interesting that the one who is good... Jesus, who lived a sinless, perfect, perfect life, stepped out of heaven, came to earth, took our place, and had something bad happen to him that he chose to give up his life for, for you and me. So why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know about you, but I'm extremely thankful that the person who, who was God walked and lived a sinless life and had something horrific happen to him that he chose so that I could be free. So that I could be made right with my Heavenly Father. So that I could live and follow after him and not have to just die in my sin. He took my place. The one who is good walked through something horrific that happened to him for the benefit of all of us 
sitting in this room today. Daniel found himself in an unfair situation. If you have kids, you've probably heard that statement before. Well, this just isn't fair. This just isn't fair. Just because it doesn't seem fair, just because it's difficult, just because it's painful, doesn't mean that God isn't good. Because God's goodness, if, if that means that God's not good, then that means God's goodness is based on you. That means that you have the power and you have the decision-making ability to say, and I can make God good because of the way that my life is. Because of the things that I have done. Because, I, because he did things the way that I wanted him to do things. That's what makes God good. God's goodness has nothing to do with anything that's going on in your life. He just is good all the time. And so I want to encourage you before we go on to, to point number two, don't give up your faith in the hard and in the pain. If we could take a lesson from Daniel, continue to believe in the hard and in the pain. Continue to do the right thing in the hard and in the pain. And listen, don't blame God in the hard and in the pain. Because God is always good. Every single time. In all circumstances. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. So here's the second thing that I want to talk to you about for just a moment is that the pain and unfair circumstances we face are an opportunity for God's power to show up. It's so encouraging to me that God has a way of showing up in difficult and unfair circumstances. I've seen him do it over and over and over and over again. That he remains faithful and his power shows up. I, I was thinking about stories in the Bible, and we don't have time to go through every single story, but just a few that I jotted down. You think about Paul and Silas are in prison for doing the right thing. And God has a way of showing up. He shows up in an earthquake and sets them free. I think about Lazarus, and Jesus steps onto the scene, and Lazarus has been dead for four days, and all of the family, they're all grieving. And Jesus, you know, the Bible even says that Jesus wept. As he was looking around at what was going on, Jesus wept and then he calls Lazarus out of the tomb and brings him back to life. His power in a difficult situation, his power shows up in that situation. I think about Jairus' daughter who had died in the Bible and Jesus shows up and he raises her back to life. And she comes back to life. Difficult situation, God's power shows up in the situation. Listen, if you're experiencing something right now that's painful, that's difficult, that, that seems unfair, that seems hopeless to you, that's just an opportunity for God to show up in that situation and do something miraculous in you or through you or both so that he can get all of the glory out of the situation. Just because it's, just because it's painful, just because it's difficult doesn't mean that God's absent. And it's an opportunity for him to show up and do what only he can do. In the story of Daniel, just looking at the last uh, verses 21 and 22, where the king, he comes back out, Daniel's been thrown into the lion's den, and the king's been praying and fasting. He couldn't sleep all night long, and he shows up and he asks, he's like, hey, Daniel, you know, let me put it in, in my paraphrase. Hey, Daniel, are you alive? <laughs> are you down there? Did God do what you thought he could do? In Daniel's response, he says, My God sent an, his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they haven't harmed me. I love in Gwen's story, If I don't know if you caught it, but one of the things that stood out to me the most in his story, I mean, it just, it just jumped out. Whenever, whenever that was even being recorded and he was telling the story, and I mean, it just jumped out at me, was the fact that he's in the hospital. He hasn't been able to move or anything. And all of a sudden, he's talking about, man, I'm just, I wake up and I'm in the most excruciating pain I have ever been in in my life. And he was talking about, I'm hitting the nurse's button. I'm like, man, I am dying in this bed right now. I mean, this is the end for me. But isn't it interesting that actually what felt like in that moment, like I am in so much pain right now and I am dying, was actually the miracle that had just happened? Because he hadn't been able to feel anything. 
He, had, he was paralyzed and all he could do was talk and all of a sudden he's got pain all over his body. And it was in the pain, it was the pain that proved that a miracle had happened. Sometimes we're dismissing our pain as something that God can't use or that God is not in. But I would submit to you that sometimes we walk through things and God is right there with us. And it's in the midst of the pain that is the proof that he's doing a miracle in our lives. And sometimes we're trying to pray ourselves out of the pain and God says, no, I, I, I want to do something right here in the middle of it. And it was the pain that was the proof of the miracle. I think sometimes God allows us to walk through difficulty and hard things and painful things so that, so that he could do something miraculous, so that he can get glory out of our lives. Listen, pain and difficulty isn't always a sign of something bad. Man, we experience something difficult in our lives and we're like, what is wrong in my life right now? <laughs> Why in the world am I walking through this right now? Listen, pain and difficulty doesn't always mean that there's something bad going on. Sometimes it may be something that God is doing in you or some things that God is removing from you or some things that, 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 that maybe you've been in this, this area of a comfort zone and God is trying to take you to another level. He's trying to take you into another place where he wants you to serve him and follow him. And it's painful at times because it's stretching and it's difficult because we don't like it. But the pain doesn't always mean that it's something bad. Maybe, maybe he's removing something that needs to be removed. Maybe he's pruning something that needs to be pruned. It made me think about John 15, and I'll just read the first two verses of it. But I would encourage you to go read the whole thing because it's so powerful about being connected to the vine, being connected to Jesus, and how apart from him you can do nothing. But at the beginning of it, Jesus is walking with his disciples and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. I heard a pastor say it this way one time, either way, you're getting cut. <laughs> He's either cutting away the things that aren't producing fruit or he's pruning the things that are producing fruit, the branches in your life that are producing fruit, the things that you're doing that are producing fruit so that it can produce even more fruit. Man, just because it's painful and just because it's difficult and just because you don't like it in the moment doesn't mean that God is not doing something to set you up for where he wants to take you next, to set you up for what he wants to do in your family that you can't see two years down the road. But if you don't walk through what you're walking through right now, God can't do what he needs to do two years down the road because he wants to get rid of this or he wants to prune this or he wants to do something in you through the pain that you're experiencing so that you can help somebody else, so that you can lead somebody else, so that you can experience what he has for you in the next season but you've got to be willing to go through that just because it's painful and difficult doesn't mean it's not God and it doesn't mean that it's not God being good sometimes we just misinterpret God's goodness as God making us comfortable well if God was really good here's what we say a lot of times we don't say it in this way but this is what we mean if God was really good he would leave me comfortable if God was really good, then he would just leave me where I'm at. If God was really good, then everything would just work out for me exactly the way that I want it to work out for me. And God doesn't always work that way. Because God has a bigger picture. God's doing something. He has a greater plan. And here's the last thing. The worship team comes back. That I think we need to understand from this story is that God can be trusted in difficult times. Now, I have read this story many times. I heard this growing up in Sunday school. I was raised in church. I heard this story preached about. I heard this story taught about. I heard this story, you know, on the flannel graph. I mean, I've, like, I've read this story so many times, but there was something that stood out to me that I have never really noticed when I read it this time. And it's in verse 23, and this is what it says. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. Daniel was found to be unharmed for he trusted in his God. If you read this in other translations or, or study the, the literal, you know, how this was worded, a lot of it says that he was found unharmed because he had trusted in his God. 
And so I read that and I thought, it seems like there is a correlation between me trusting in God in all circumstances and Him being able to work in the circumstance. It seems like there might be some correlation between how I trust God and what God is able to do. Not that he's unable, but we could say it this way, what I allow him to do because of my trust in him. Daniel was found unharmed for he had trusted in his God. He trusted God before the difficulty and proved it by continuing to do what was right. Come on, we saw that. This was signed into law, and he goes back and he says, i got to continue to pray. i got to continue to do what I know is right. And he trusted God in the difficulty, and God miraculously shut the mouths of the lions and delivered him from the lion's den. And here's, here's something that I believe to be true that I would, I would submit this to you as something to think about. Process this in your mind. Whether or not you trust God in the painful, unfair, difficult circumstances reveals whether you really trust Him at all. Because it's easy to say we trust God when it's good, when I'm comfortable, when I'm not going through anything. But if I don't trust Him when things are difficult, was I trusting in Him over here or was I trusting in me? Was, if I don't trust him when things are hard, was I really trusting him over here or was I just content with how my life was going? I would submit to you that how you trust him or whether or not you trust him when it's painful, and when it's unfair, when it's difficult, might reveal whether you've really trusted him at all. Because even in the unfair, difficult situation, he's still good. It has nothing to do with your situation. He is always good. Here would be my encouragement for you. Will you stand to your feet? I want to share this, this scripture with you. And then we'll wrap it up and we'll let you go today. But here would be my encouragement for you today. If you're walking through something painful, you're walking through something that seems unfair, you're walking through a difficult circumstance... If you've been through something difficult, if you're in the middle of something difficult, or if there's something, come on, that's around the corner at some point that you know is going to be difficult. Here's, here, could, here would probably be one of my greatest encouragements for you to lean into. And it's a verse that many of us could quote. But it says this in Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. To which most of us would say, Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Got it. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. Comma. And do not rely on your own understanding. See, here's the place that many of us find ourselves, myself included, a lot of times is we're saying, I'm, I'm trusting in God, I'm trusting in God, I'm trusting in God, and trying to figure it out. I'm trusting in God, and trusting in God, and trusting in God, and I'm trying to understand it. Or, I will know that I can trust in God if I can understand why this is happening. If I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, that'll give me a reason to trust in God. But he didn't say that. The writer of this proverb, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and, everybody say and, and do not rely. You know what that, you know what that tells me? There may be several situations in my life that I will never understand. There may be a lot of things that I walk through that I may never get it. On this side of heaven, I may never know why that happened. So I can't base my trust in God with all my heart on whether or not I can understand or I can see what's going on. I've got to learn to trust in the Lord with all of my heart and not rely on what I can see or what I can comprehend or what I can understand because I may not understand it. But even when I don't understand it, I still know that he's good. Therefore, 
I can trust him with all of my heart. So no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you find yourself in right now, or no matter what may happen two weeks from now that you didn't know was coming around the corner, you can trust God with all your heart. Even though you may not get it, you may not understand it, it may not be revealed to you why you're walking through that. But you can still trust God with all your heart. And so here's what we can stand on today. We'll end with this, that God is good regardless of our circumstances. That difficulties are an opportunity for God's power and that God can be trusted regardless of our circumstances. One thing that Gwen mentioned in his story, he said after the pain and all of the feeling came back, he had to learn to walk again. And he said that he, he believes that God sent an angel in the form of a woman into his room every day. She may have worked there, but she was sent by God to go in on the days when he didn't want to get out of that bed and make him get out of that bed. You're going to learn to walk again. You're going to do, you can do this. You can do this. And I would tell you today, I believe that God will send people in your life. And many of you already have them in your life. And God has put them in your life and you're walking through something and you can be this for somebody else but you're the person or they're the person that says you're not staying in that ditch you are not giving up on God because he is still good and you're going to learn to walk again and what seemed like it was hopeless is not hopeless because all things are possible with God and God will put people in your life. He will surround you with people. He will send somebody that you don't even know or somebody that's a friend to you right now. Come on. And many of you, you have them in your life right now and you probably don't even like them because they keep pushing you. There's, there's, there's more. There's, you can't stay there. I know that seemed unfair, but God is good. I know, I know it doesn't seem like he's in this situation, but he's right there. God, I thank you today that you have said in all circumstances that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. That you are right there in the midst of it. Lord, just as David wrote in Psalm 23 that you prepare a table in the midst, in the presence of our enemies. You are good and you are faithful. So Lord, I pray that, I pray that above all else, that today we would, we would trust you with all of our heart. Whether we're coming out of something, right in the middle of something, or there's something that we don't even know is coming just a few days or a few weeks or a few months down the road, no matter what we face in our lives, God, we can trust you. We don't have to rely on our own understanding. We know that you are good. We know that you are faithful. And so we will trust you with all of our heart. And Lord, I pray as we sing this song, if there is anybody here today who needs prayer for anything, maybe they're walking through a difficulty right now and they just need somebody to stand with them and agree with them. I pray as we sing this song, Holy Spirit, that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life. In Jesus' name.